What is horror to you? For me personally, I think horror is something that shows us exactly what we need to see. It is both beautiful but terrifying. It is heartfelt but heart-wrenching. It is amazing and truthful but also disgusting and horrible. Horror is what we make of it. And that is exactly what we need to remember. In the original horror movies with Nosferatu and the Mask of the Red Death, horror movies were not simply blood and guts, but they were more about ideologies and scary subjects that will make you tremble and quake. And that is exactly what we need to remember while we look through horror. In the original times of horror movies, or personally for the golden era of slasher films, you had movies such as the 1974 classic Black Christmas or the 1973 masterpiece of Halloween. These movies were just your regular slash and dash films where a character came in, a killer arrived, your character died, and the killer moved to the next person. That has since changed. And within this podcast, I plan to discuss what exactly the changes of horror are about. For starters, let's consider the rapid rise of feminism through our world. In the original days, you had a nuclear family with a husband who went to work, a wife who stayed at home, cleaned the house, made dinner, and two children who went to school, came back, ate, and did their homework. Horror movies were not as rapid or as important back then because everyone was so terrified of life already that they didn't want to move beyond the norms that they had grown accustomed to. Yet, as soon as the 70s and 80s came around, horror movies saw a progression through rapid, unimaginable times. Your movies went away from your classic monsters with the creature or the swamp thing and became more about a man coming through and killing. That was one of the biggest changes one could imagine. Now to consider this, we must actually look at what feminism is all about. Feminism is defined as equality for both genders, moving away from the typical wage and pay gap, moving away from the ideas that women are weak and inferior, and moving towards equality, seeing a woman as the same as a man, seeing a transgender woman the same as a transgender man, seeing everybody as equal, no matter what gender they are, whether they be man or woman, whether they be transgender, whether they be gender fluid, does not matter. It's simply finding equality for everyone through life. And horror movies did an absolutely beautiful job of trying to change this. First, let's look at the original slasher films. They just considered every woman in the audience to be weak and frail and fragile. That's why women weren't a big part of them. Women were always the damsels in distress. They were always the hot blonde with bigger features on her body who was just meant to be part of the body count. They physically were the body count. 
Look at Scream 1990 with Tatum, the hot blonde woman with the big mounds to say, who was murdered in the garage door. She never advanced the plot. She never added anything to help the movie continue. She was just there because she was beautiful. She kept the audience interested and she passed. Or alternatively, we can look at the 1973 classic Halloween, where Annie was Laurie's friend who was murdered simply because she had relations with a man. She did not advance the plot. She wasn't there to keep you interested. She was just there to have relations with another character. And the relations did not affect Laurie. They affected her own count. They affected the audience watching. Men were the target audience of horror movies. Women were seen as weak and fragile and too afraid to watch these movies. That's why you saw breasts. That's why you saw sexual relations happening all of the time. They weren't made for a woman to watch and feel empowered. They were watched by men to make men feel stronger and scarier and deadlier. That's what the entire progression of horror movies was made to do. It was to stop that idea and change it into what it should really be. A truthful reimagining of the world. That's why you see such a change in today's horrors. So with Laurie Strode being the main character of the 1973 Halloween, she was just a damsel in distress who was saved by a man. But in the 2018 Halloween, which was a direct continuation of the original film, Laurie Strode was seen as a badass with guns and a protected family. She knew what to do to kill this man. She knew what to do to keep her family alive. There was no breasts, no sex, nothing shown in this movie. Just simply three women, Laurie Strode, Karen Strode, and Allison, which was Karen's daughter, who had to fight this man and save their lives and family. For the rapid progression of feminism within our world, it was none more seen than in that film. Finding these three women going from victims in the first 20 minutes to being heroes and final girls in the last 10 minutes. That's all about feminism in these movies. You have to understand that these women were strong. They were cast because they were strong. They are known because of the strong voices they have within themselves. So saving their lives and saving the lives of each other was a totally new concept for the Halloween. Because, because most women in these films either had relations and died, or they were just there to add on to the body count. Alternatively, we must also consider the rise of the plot through women, or the ideas that women held within these movies. Let's look at the 2020 Netflix original The Babysitter 2, Killer Queen. B was a character in the first movie who had arranged a blood cult to steal the blood of her charge, Cole, and use it for a satanic ritual. She was a killer, she was vicious, she was beautiful, and she was there to give Cole the option to either give his blood or fight for his life. In the second film, B arrived in the last 20 minutes of the movie and took a complete upheaval of her character arc and showed that everything she was doing was to save the life of her original charge, Phoebe. If that movie had been made in the 80s, it would have been a box office terror. No one would have watched that because women were still seen as weak and no one cared to watch a woman have a change in her character's storyline. But now with 2020 and the progression of people having more progressive thoughts, having more care about women and more care about women's rights, this film did pretty good 
did absolutely brilliant with how it was set up because you now cared about why B was doing this. You cared to see who died, but you also cared to see what they did to deserve that and to find out the different reasons for why these people did this, why these people tried to kill Cole, why these people tried to kill Phoebe, why B created this blood cult was simply because she was a strong woman who wanted to make a difference. Feminism in horror movies is not so much as equality for women as it is more about showing what a woman can do, how strong they can be, what they are needed for. Women are an integral part of the horror movie lifetime. When you consider a final girl versus the hero, what is that about? Why is the girl who always survives to the end called the final girl immediately victimizing her, whereas a man who survives to the end is always called a hero? It does not personally make sense for why a man who might not be doing the same as a woman is called a hero just for surviving, whereas a woman who might fight for her life, who might do everything that she needs to do to survive, is called a final girl. How and when is it okay to consider a woman as a victim just for saving her own life when she fought hard, fought tooth and nail to keep her life to herself? For women in feminism, this is just a very important piece to consider. What's next to consider in the progression of horror movies is the rights for racial diversity. This may come as a twist because many people won't consider the racially diverse cast that are filmed anymore, but they are very important to know about. If you look at the original 1980s movies, any person of color, male or female, anybody that was black in a slasher movie typically died first. They weren't around long enough to keep moving, to keep changing the strict rules that these movies had set out. But they were just there to add some quote-unquote color to the film and then just be part of the body count. They weren't considered important. They weren't considered necessary. They were not nothing to do with the film. They were just there. But when you look at movies in today's times, there are so many films. There are a plethora of movies that use completely African-American casts. For example, the 2019 film Us, starring Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o, was the main character. She had her family, which was all African-American, and the movie was written and directed and produced by Jordan Peele, another African-American. These horror movies have finally gotten out of the stretch of being totally against African-Americans in their films to being completely about African-Americans in their films. Nothing other than horror really says we want color, we want diversity. And that's what's so amazing about these films. When you look at the uh, 1974 classic Black Christmas, no characters of color were in it. There was nobody there other than a white character who did anything to help the, to help the plot or the characters. But in the 2019 remake of the same name, Black Christmas, there was a side character who was African-American. She was part of the savior. She was part of the reason that the characters got out of this film. While the film itself was not necessarily a box office hit, and I personally did not enjoy it, 
the movie still made an effort to show some color that actually mattered. And that's why these films are so important these days. Because horror will show you the truth and show you the progressive thoughts that we need as a generation, as a humankind, to know what to do to make things better. We should also be focusing on the death tolls with these African American characters. Let's consider American Horror Story Season 9, subtitled 1984. In this series, multiple actors and characters move to this summer camp called Camp Redwood to get away from this killer. But when another killer arrives in the camp, multiple people have died. The first of the main cast to die was Ray, an African-American character, which shows that Ryan Murphy was making a joke about the genre of horror movies where, when he killed the black man first. He killed somebody who was of color because he was trying to stay on the 1984's thoughts of African-Americans in films. He didn't want to go off track. He didn't want to make a statement that wasn't necessary. He just did what he had to do. These films and these movies and these TV shows are always trying to change the past and try to make the future more bright, which I completely agree with because we do need to see more colored people in films, more people who aren't white who save the day, more people who aren't there just simply because they are not black who save the day. We need to see a change, and that's exactly what these horror movies are doing. They are giving us something to actually care about. For my third topic, I would like to consider gore and blood in modern media. Now, this may not be as important as racial diversity or feminism, but it is still something to think about. When you look at your movies in these days and time, there is nothing that you don't see that includes blood or guts or gore, especially with the Saw franchise, which has been known as a torture porn movie franchise. Everything you see is all about torture and then blood. And while the movies sometimes may have an interesting thought or an interesting plot, it doesn't necessarily get you to think about it past the time that you watch the movie. Because all you can remember is the amount of people who died and the ways that they died. Whereas you have, I know I circle to it a lot, but it is just an amazing franchise to consider, the Halloween franchise. With the original film, there was almost no blood seen. And for the amount of people who consider it a classic, which I do myself consider that a Halloween classic, the movie doesn't show much blood. It scares you based on sounds, and it scares you based on visual aspects, rather than how much blood or gore is used. But when you see the 2018 continuation of the same film, it is instead all about these characters moving on, but still leaving a bloody past. With the character Dr. Ranbir Sartain, the Dark Doctor, as I like to name him, he went on until he got his face literally stomped on by Michael Myers. You saw his brain spill out of his head. You saw his face get smushed in. It is an image that as soon as you see it, it is stuck in your mind forever. It is one of those things that you can't not think about whenever you watch this movie again because you know it is going to happen and you know it's going to be a bloody, brilliant scene. But these films have to change with the times. In the past, you weren't so much afraid of being murdered as you were of your wife divorcing you. But in today's times, with the amount of terrors that go on, from 9-11 to school shootings to bombings all over the world, 
it's almost impossible to say that these films are not going to adapt with the new terrors that we live in today. That's why you see so much blood, and you see so much fighting, and you see so much terror and scary things that really make you think, what the hell is going on with our world? Where smashing a guy's face in is okay. Almost every single season of American Horror Story has a shooting in it. Whether it's a school shooting, a church shooting, there is a shooting that's going on. And these are made because it simply seems okay that that happens. Whereas a shooting is never okay in any stance. And the terrors that come from normal basic humans, that's why they get put into movies. Because they are part of our culture, part of our world. They are something that we cannot change about ourselves or who we are as humans. But with the availability to guns, to weaponry, it's hard to say that it's not going to happen. And that's what horror sets out to do. It sets out to create a change and create a conversation. You have to think, well, why is it okay that we see somebody's head get completely chopped off? And that's simply because that happens in today's culture. That happens with wars. When a person is taken as a prisoner of war, they likely get decapitated. And that's why they are shown in movies, because that's what has happened to humankind. For us to move forward and to progress into a new era with beauty and with love everywhere, we need to get over these non-progressive thoughts. We need to get over the homophobia, the racism, the sexism that is so embedded into our American culture that we can't move past it. And when somebody doesn't agree with that, that's when they typically turn to violence. That's when people get shot, get murdered, get killed, get hurt. It's because they like to say that because it's not going my way, that's when I get to kill them. And the amount of people that will blame a film for what they are doing is simply too much. You cannot blame a film for creating a mirror image of the society we build in already. We live in a world where there has only been 14 days without a school shooting before the COVID pandemic. We live in a world where... A home break-in happens every 15 seconds. So if a film is not going to consider that, if a film is not going to show that or put that into the world that we live in, then that film is not rightfully a part of human society. It is not a part of life that actually cares to, to talk about this. It is just a film for no sake. So when you blame a film for the reason that people are getting killed, you are basically blaming a mirror for the reason that you don't feel pretty. We are just showing these films what we want to do. And with the amount of people who get hurt and killed every day, a film must reflect that to make you think about it. And finally, finally to talk about this with the blood and gore, it is not as strong of an argument as I just made about the mirror images. But it is important to realize most of the blood and guts that you see in these films happen to lower or less important characters. Laurie Strode, whenever she died or almost died in a film, she was never decapitated. She was never cut in half. She was never stomped in her face. She was thrown off of a roof and died. Yet, when a smaller character or someone who's not as important dies, they are strung up to hell and murdered viciously. In the Halloween 2018 film, in a scene, Allison, the granddaughter, is walking home with her friend, and her friend tries to hit on her. But when she runs away, Michael Myers shows up and kills the friend by throwing him onto a hook on a fence. You see a hook going through his mouth, you see blood spilling out, and the song called The Shape Hunts Allison, which I played for the theme song, begins to play. This song 
instantly makes you think, oh my God, this is dark. This is deep. I am actually terrified right now. And that's exactly what gore and violence goes out to do. They try to make you think, why does this person decide to have such a gruesome death when the main character might get stabbed a few times? And that's simply because of writing and because of effects. You want your characters and cast to be part of the movie experience. You want your audience to really think, oh my god, these characters are dying. That's why instead of having a movie where everybody's just slashed and then ran away, those movies never do good. But when you have a movie where you actually care about the relationships of the characters, when you care about the friendships, those movies are box office hits because you care about these characters. You love them. You want to see them succeed. So when they die, it is simply hard to process. It is nothing more than just pain on top of pain. And that's why blood and gore goes out to set a stigma that if you're not an important character, you are not going to have a beautiful death. It is just a simple part of the horror movie franchise. So I urge you, next time you watch a horror movie, whether it be 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, or 2000s, 2010s, 2020s, I want you to look at the rise or the depth of feminism that happens in those films, the rise or the depth of racial sensitivity that happens in those films, and the overall amount of blood and gore. Consider which characters died the bloodiest and why do you think they died the bloodiest? Is your main character a woman? Is she a final girl? Or is your main character a man, the hero, if he survives? Do you see a black man or a black woman killed first? Or do you see a black character moving on to past the halfway point? There are so many things that happen within horror itself that it's almost impossible to actually think about. And that's what the problem is. Had I had a 10-hour podcast, I could go over 20% more. But with horror, it's hard to understand that it is not just a movie. It is a mirror image of our lives and our worlds. That's why people are terrified. They never want to accept that they are the reason that some of these things happen. For the horror that haunts us, I'm Nick Studer. What is horror to you? For me personally, I think horror is something that shows us exactly what we need to see. It is both beautiful but terrifying. It is heartfelt but heart-wrenching. It is amazing and truthful, but also disgusting and horrible. Horror is what we make of it, and that is exactly what we need to remember. In the original horror movies with Nosferatu and the Mask of the Red Death, horror movies were not simply blood and guts, but they were more about ideologies and scary subjects that will make you tremble and quake. And that is exactly what we need to remember while we look through horror. 